right, settle down. <laughs> Thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity to speak to you. I am Praying Medic. Uh, I'm an author, I'm a blogger, I'm a podcaster, uh, and I'm just one of God's kids who's having a lot of fun learning about his ways and learning about who he is. Uh, I would like to teach you a little bit today about some of the basic kingdom principles that I cover in my CDs and, and my books. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about hearing God's voice, talk a little bit about healing, talk a little bit about seeing in the Spirit, and maybe a little traveling in the Spirit. So we're going to cover a lot of different things. If we have time, I'll take some questions at the end. Um, so there are a lot of different ways in which God speaks. When we think about hearing the voice of God, a lot of times we think of, you know, this audible booming voice that comes from outside and, you know, like Moses on the mountaintop, you know, it's God speaking to him and he's like, oh, oh, what's going on? Um, but most of the time, God speaks to us in ways that are very subtle and very hard to discern. Uh, when I started to learn to hear, when I started learning to hear God's voice, for me, his voice was very loud. I, I had that internal voice that was just 24-7. It was there all the time. And after a few weeks, that faded away. And God's voice became very hard for me to discern after a couple of months. But recently, I've become aware, through talking to a lot of my friends, that God speaks to us in many different ways. I have friends now that I know who are, they call themselves prophetic feelers. They feel God speaking to them through their emotions. Sometimes they'll be driving through a city and they'll feel these emotions of sadness or despair or depression come upon them. And they've learned about the fact that that is God speaking to them about possibly a spirit of oppression or a spirit of hopelessness that is over that city. And they have found that if they intercede and pray for a few hours, those feelings will lift. But a lot of people feel feelings of depression and hopelessness and despair and think, gosh, my life is just horrible, you know. So... God can speak to us in a lot of very subtle ways. Now, most of you are probably familiar with how God speaks or word of knowledge. Uh, somebody has knee pain out there in the audience. I feel pain in my knee. And I say, who's got knee pain? Let's get you healed. Because God can speak through feelings, sensations in your body, neck pain, back pain, things of that nature. Um, <clears throat> the key to learning how God wants to communicate with us is being sensitive to those feelings, those nudges, little visual images that appear in our mind. Um, God often speaks to us through visions through that little TV screen in our mind. And a lot of people don't know that. They think, well, if I have a vision, I'm going to see this big scene out in front of me, like an open vision. Well, that sometimes happens, but most of the time when God gives you a vision, he actually shows you a little image in your imagination. So the same apparatus you would use to remember the plate of bacon you had for breakfast this morning... God could give you a vision and show you a demon that's harassing one of your friends. Or he could show you a heavenly scene. But you see it in your mind, in your imagination. So becoming sensitive to the ways that God is already speaking to us is kind of a big key. Because I, I, I run into a lot of people who say, I just don't hear God's voice. He's not speaking to me. I don't really see visions. I don't really hear his voice very well. I think the key is to realize that God is already speaking to us in many ways, through dreams, through visions, and a lot of times we don't recognize what he's already saying to us. So that's 
that's kind of my, my basic foundational thing I start with for people is you have to realize God is already speaking and you have to learn to be sensitive to the ways in which he's speaking. So the basics of healing, uh, I always start with uh, getting a basic understanding of the fact that God is good, okay? He is really, really good. Like, he's way gooder than we think he is. All right? Now, I came out of kind of a mainline evangelical background after I became a believer. And I, you know, the Bible says God is good, but I was kind of thinking, maybe he's having a bad day. Maybe he's going to judge somebody. Maybe he doesn't want you to be healed. Well, I started to look at the life of Jesus and his healing and miracles, and everybody that went to Jesus for healing got healed. Not one person didn't get healed. Jesus didn't say, well, the Father needs you to be sick for a while because he's teaching you something. Okay, Jesus never said to someone, you don't have enough faith to be healed. Okay, Jesus gave healing to everyone who asked for it. And Jesus is the best representation of God that we have. Okay, so if you want to learn about healing, learn about Jesus. Go to the Gospels. That's what I did. When I started learning, went to the Gospels, I'm looking at all these healing accounts going, boy, he had like a 100% healing rate. What's up with that? I'm like, <laughs> nobody didn't get healed that he prayed for. So uh, that's, that's where I kind of, <clears throat> uh, I steer people in the direction of, look, understand that God wants everyone healed. And if we pray for someone and they're not healed, there is a reason. And it's not that God doesn't want them healed. And it's most of the time not the fact that they don't have faith. It's that there's some kind of, whether it's emotional trauma, which I'm learning is a, a huge key. As I've started to pray for people who have had emotional trauma, especially in childhood, and we get those wounds in their soul healed, their physical healing manifests afterwards. So there, the Lord has been teaching me and other people some of the keys to healing that we have overlooked. But if we start to integrate all the pieces, if we get the words of knowledge, if we get the emotional healing done, if we kick out the demons, and if we pray prayers of faith, prayers of commanding, prayers where we're exercising our authority over sickness and disease, we are going to see people healed. Amen? All right. <clears throat> so the key to healing, from my perspective, is what Jesus said, the son, only does, the son only does what he sees the father doing. Okay? Jesus operated in his entire ministry by observing what the father was doing and doing the same thing that the father was doing. Now, how do we do that? Because that's our model. Our model is not looking in a book, finding a formula, and going, I'm just going to follow this formula. Okay, the formula is, know what the Father is doing. Okay. So, <clears throat> the reason it's important to hear God's voice, to learn how to see visions, to see in the Spirit, to discern demons, to know about emotional healing, is because the fa those are the tools that the Father has in our toolbox. And if your only tool is a hammer, <laughs> everything looks like a nail. Okay? And we need a few more tools in our toolbox. Because the Father wants us to operate in a lot of different areas for different conditions and different sicknesses. And it's not a cookie cutter little formula. It, 
it's not complicated, but we need to be able to hear what the Holy Spirit is telling us about what the Father wants to do. Through visions, through dreams, discerning of spirits, using our authority, releasing power. Okay? Sometimes I have been surprised. I've had people that I prayed with in the ambulance, and all I did was put my hand out, and silently in my mind, I just prayed, and I said, basically in my mind, I release the power of God. I didn't say anything out loud. I didn't even touch them. Just put my hand out. A couple of minutes later, I said, how you feel? I'm good. Feels great. It's awesome. So <clears throat> sometimes healing is just a matter of releasing the power that's in us, power of the Holy Spirit. He's in us. We have the Holy Spirit. Okay? Same power that created the universe dwells in you. All you need to do is learn to release the power that is in you. Okay? That's not... There, there is, a, there is a, a principle that you can learn. But if you practice it, go out to the grocery store. I, I dare you. Go to the grocery store the next time. And you see someone who's got a sling on their shoulder or they've got an immobilizer boot on their foot because they've got an injury, go up to them and ask them if you can try to get them healed. And either just command it to be healed or release some power and watch what happens. You are going to be amazed. I'm telling you, you will. <laughs> All right. One of the things I want to talk about is faith. I have found that when I started out praying for people to be healed, I didn't have a lot of faith. Okay, now, big thing in the church. People say, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, okay, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain and be cast in the sea. Now, people say small as. That's not what Jesus said. He said faith that acts the way a mustard seed acts. What does a mustard seed do? Well, go to the parable of the mustard seed. Jesus said, parable of the mustard seed, it's planted, it grows into a tree greater than all the other trees. Okay, a mustard seed grows. Your faith has to grow. You start out with little tiny faith for healing, like I did, okay? You have to practice, you have to persist, you have to keep on laying hands on people. Because as you're doing that, your faith is growing. You're watering it, you're fertilizing it, and your faith is going to grow. And when your faith is grown enough, you will lay hands on people who are dead and you'll see them raised from the dead. But faith has to grow and you have to be patient and give yourself time in the process of growing and learning. You will grow and you will see greater miracles as you persist. <clears throat> All right. Who wants to talk a little bit about traveling in the spirit? All right. I thought so. So <clears throat> the Lord has been talking to a lot of us about traveling in the spirit. And it can be a creepy subject for some people. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. Because most of us know about the New Agers, and we know about astral projection, and we know that's probably taboo and out of bounds. And I will tell you right from the start, do not mess with astral projection. Uh, I've read enough testimonies about astral projection to tell you you don't want to go there. Having said that, 
Traveling in the Spirit for the believer is a completely different process. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel the same. We don't have the same results. It's a completely different process. Okay. Uh, you can do it using your own free will, or God can do it sovereignly. Generally speaking, when somebody is physically picked up in their body and moved to India, and you spend two hours there praying for some guy, and you come back to the United States and drop off, sovereign move of God. God picks you up, takes you someplace, gives you an assignment, and then you come back. That's usually a sovereign thing of God. But going into the heavens in your spirit is something any of us can do anytime you want. You would be surprised if you look just at the books of Daniel and Revelation, how many times things were going on in heaven that the man of God on earth was physically on earth, but his spirit was in heaven witnessing what was going on. One of the key verses that I use for people to access the heavenly realms is in Revelation 4. John said, I saw a door in heaven before me, and a voice said, come up here, right? It's an invitation from the Lord to come into the heavens. Why? I'm going to show you things that must come to pass. Okay? So if you want to see what the Lord wants to show you, realize there is an open door and there's an invitation for you to go there. Okay? So the Holy Spirit has been challenging me, come into the heavens, I have things I want to show you. There are courtrooms, there are angels, there are all kinds of places, there are libraries, there's learning institutions, there's art studios. <laughs> My wife is an artist. She likes I think she's going to go to the art room and in heaven and learn some stuff about that. So this is not, it's a little bit freaky when you start doing it. But I, I promise you, if you focus on Jesus, he said, seek the kingdom of God first, and all these things will be added unto you. If you're always seeking Jesus and his kingdom, the enemy has very little room to mess you up. I, I will just say that. That, that, that's been my experience. If you, keep your, if you take your eyes off of Jesus and you start messing around with other things, you can get into some trouble. So I believe <clears throat> traveling in the Spirit is a relatively safe thing. Uh, I believe the Lord is teaching us more about it. You're going to hear, hear of more people having experiences. Uh, my CD is going to be available pretty soon, and I've got a book. Uh, there are other materials and resources coming out. If you're interested in the subject, I would suggest get them, read about it, pray about it, and let the Lord lead you into how he wants you to do it and the purposes why he wants you to do it. Now, I would like to have one of my friends share a testimony about traveling in the Spirit. Mitzi? You're going to hold the mic up to your mouth. Hi. Um... So I'm really excited to share this with you all. Um, I heard about um, traveling in the Spirit. And, um, you know, I, I had heard in the Bible that Philip was translated. And I, I just thought that's an Old Testament story. So it's like, how did that happen? And it just went out of my mind. And then I heard about it again a couple years ago. And um, I said, God, I want to do that. If they can do that, I want to do that too. And um, so I just prayed about it. And I didn't dwell on it. I let it go. And I went to sleep one night. And I had a very vivid dream 
or travel <laughs> incident where I was in the Middle East and I was dressed in a burqa and I was on top of a two-story building and I saw all the details very clearly and there were women there in burqas also and there were boxes of Bibles and uh, they were bringing the Bibles over to me and I was the one throwing them down and there were only women that were involved in this and they all had the burqas on and I was dropping the Bibles down to the women and I could only see their eyes and they would reach their hands out through and catch them and hide them back in and then they would shuffle off and I could hear their feet shuffling on the it was like a stone uh, road and um, I was just having an exciting time but there was an air of danger but I wasn't worried I was really excited and then we ran out of Bibles and I said get some more get some more and we were whispering the ladies that w were working on top of the building with me and um, they said we're all out and I had one in my hand, and so I just took it, and I threw it. And when I threw this Bible, I hit my bed really hard, <laughs> and it woke me up. And I was still going like that, and I was looking to see where my burger was. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. That is an amazing testimony. Yeah, that was amazing. It was really exciting. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. So Mitzi has had an experience very similar to a lot of experiences of my friends. I'm collecting testimonies on social media. That is very, very typical. Someone goes somewhere around the world, passing out Bibles, praying for someone to be healed, giving somebody money, giving them a word of encouragement. Um, God is doing some very amazing things. Now, you know, there's a lot of prophetic words out there saying the Lord is going to have us moving at, you know, faster speeds and going places. He is really accelerating what he's doing in the kingdom. And if you want to be a part of it, I would just encourage you to seek it, to ask, to say, Lord, my hand is up. I want to do this. I want to be used by you. Let's do this, right? So now, if you all have any questions about anything I've talked about, uh, I'm going to take qu questions for a little while. Paul, hang on, hang on. Before you ask your question, get the microphone. Can you tell us a little bit um, about the difference between dreams and night visions and how the Lord speaks through those things? Yeah, my understanding, and if you go to the book of Daniel, especially chapter 7, and really look at what Daniel was saying about the experiences that he had, it's probably the best teaching in the Bible on dreams and night visions. And if you're interested and you have a lot of those, go to Daniel and, and, and seek the Lord, and he'll teach you from that chapter. But my understanding is, when I first started having dreams, the Lord would give me dreams and night visions. And the difference for me was, um, in a dream, I was asleep. Sometimes I would have a dream, a very vivid dream. I would wake up, get my dream journal, start writing stuff down. Always journal your dreams. Okay? I would write stuff down, and I would be awake, and then I would close my eyes, and I'm laying there in bed, and visions, visual experiences, very much like a dream, but I'm awake. And I can see things happening, and I'm talking to people, and uh, I'm you know, praying for people. So for me, the difference is a dream is when I'm asleep, a night vision is when I'm awake, but I'm seeing revelation that's very similar to what I would in a dream. Questions? We have a question back there. 
I wonder if you could speak to, um, I had an experience, and I don't know if this is a travel or what happened. I was in my bed, I was sleeping, and all of a sudden in the middle of the night I started praising the Lord like within my spirit, and I was going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And the more I did it, the faster I, I was leaving my body. I was coming up out and up, but yet I knew my natural was still in the bed. And I got scared when I got to the ceiling, so I slowed down. <laughs> So I came back into myself. Right. So I physically made myself not go any further, but it was a praise and that it just got more rapid. And then I got scared because I thought, where am I going to go? Where's this? How can I? Have you ever had a thing like that happen? Or I have heard of those experiences. You were talking about praise? Yes, I was praising, but I didn't. It just happened in the middle of the night when I was sleeping. My spirit started praising and saying the right. name of Jesus, and it got more rapid. And the right. more rapid, I rose up. Yeah, that is actually a common experience. And the first few times that happens to people, if you have fear or anxiety, you can stop the experience. If you are, allow the experience to continue, what you'll probably find is you'll continue going up and continue going up. And you'll eventually end up in the throne room of heaven or someplace like that. I had an experience like that um, six months ago. I, I, I was just at that phase where I was falling asleep. I wasn't fully asleep yet. And that's where this happens a lot. Spiritual travel very often happens early in the morning or late at night, right as you're either waking up or going to sleep. That's when it most commonly happens. I'm not sure why. But uh, I was starting to, I was just going to sleep. I could feel myself lifting out of my body, and I knew where I was going. I was going to the heavens. I was going to heaven to get a scroll because I had listened to a teaching before I went to sleep by Mike Parsons, who is a great teacher on this sort of thing. And Mike was talking about going to the heavens and getting scrolls of destiny, scrolls for the Lord, to, to give you revelation about what you're doing. So... I was so excited listening to this message. I, gave, I literally gave my spirit permission to travel that night. Okay? So I go to sleep, and I just told my, I told my spirit, you have permission to go to the heavens and get whatever you want to do. And my spirit took off. As soon as I was half asleep, shoom, I went up into the heavens. I got some scrolls from the heavens. I came back down. And when I woke in the morning, I had another similar experience where I went into the heavens again. It's, it's common to have those experiences when you're asleep or close to sleep or taking a nap because your soul is starting to kind of drop off and your spirit is now more in control of your body and what you're doing. You don't need to be afraid, especially if it's a praise and worship experience. I mean, you're probably going to end up in, in the throne room of heaven with angels worshiping the Lord, which is nothing wrong with that. Did you have a... Right. Question. Here. Can I use this? Hello. Um, my name is Alicia Kozad, and I also am a paramedic. Um, did you ever have any trouble legally with praying with patients? Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> how, do you, how do you deal with that? Okay. So here, here's what happened. Uh, the Lord gave me pretty clear instructions about praying for my patients in the ambulance. Now, you have to cross the chicken line at some point and just decide you're going to do it, all right? The Lord gave me protection, all right? Through some dreams, he revealed to me 
that there was opposition to what I was doing, but he also revealed that there was favor and protection if I kept it in the context of what he told me to do and how to do it. So, I do not evangelize people in the ambulance. What he told me to do was heal them. Okay? Here's the difference. Healthcare is all about healing. It's not about evangelism. So when someone says, you know, you're trying to evangelize somebody in the ambulance, I say, I wasn't evangelizing anybody. I was healing them. Hey, how's your shoulder? It's great. Well, see, they got healed. There's a difference. And I do not proselytize and I do not uh, evangelize people in the ambulance unless the Lord leads me specifically and tells me this person is ready for the gospel. Now, I have done that a couple of times. It's rare. Most of what I do is healing. I got a complaint from a hospital nurse who heard me praying with a patient and she thought I was evangelizing him. So I got called into my boss's office. My boss and I had a talk. I explained what happened. He said, we don't actually have a company policy against praying for people in the ambulance. But we have customers and we have to keep our customers happy. So I would appreciate it if you could keep it in the ambulance. Uh, always ask permission before you pray with somebody. If they say no, let it go. And I do. I always ask permission. I always try to keep it in the ambulance. Although I have prayed for doctors and nurses in the hospitals. I've seen them healed. I've prayed with a lot of coworkers and seen them healed. Paramedics and EMTs with you know, injuries. Um, if you are wise and if you follow the Lord's instructions for what he wants you to do, you will be safe. Now, my manager, when we had our conversation, he said, there's no company policy against it. There's no laws against it. He goes, if I, as far as I'm concerned, keep doing it. Just make sure you ask and make sure you res uh, respect people's wishes. So if it's something that the Lord is asking you to do, I would step out in faith and pray for some people. And, you know, don't make a big deal about it. I, I would not be like making a big scene. But, and I have found that if I keep it low profile, under the radar, the enemy cannot really come after you. Amen. Does that help? Okay. Get the microphone. Questions? Hi. Um, I had an experience two weeks ago uh, where I had just fell asleep, and I started having a dream with the likeness of my father. Um, it, in the dream, it's it was like a sexual perverted type of dream, and I began... Um, wanted to show my father love and as I started showing him love he started manifesting in the dream it got to the point where my father had actually turned into Satan and I was um, rebuking him and then I woke up out of my sleep got up took my pillow and tossed it across the room and started it's like Satan was literally in front of me in my room and I was just like how dare you you know come in my room and you know and, and just rebuking and, and saying scriptures so what is that kind of like traveling in the spirit? Yeah, I don't know that that's a traveling in the spirit experience. It sounds more like um, you were having a direct confrontation with the demon, or maybe Satan, uh, which manifested as, I mean, familiar spirits often mimic our ancestors, relatives, who have, especially ones who have passed on, people that we have an, attra an, an attraction to or an affinity for. A lot of times evil spirits will pretend to be those people in dreams and experiences to try to kind of get hooks in us. But you did the right thing. You rebuked it and confronted it and, you know, get out of here in Jesus' name. And that's exactly what you should do.
One more question. Uh, we got one back here. Yeah, frequently at night when I go to sleep, um, I'll see a large light, and it'll shrink down to a small light like I'm backing up through a tunnel. Put your mic by your mouth. <laughs> Did you hear any of that? Go ahead. Um, frequently at night, I, I see a large light when I close my eyes, and it'll go down to a smaller light like I'm backing up through a tunnel. Does that you Does anything that? happen afterward? No. You just see the light in the tunnel? Yeah. I have no idea what that's about. I, I, I have never heard of that. Okay. It's interesting. You ask the Lord. One more question up here. Hi. Um, a couple of years ago, I had a pretty foundational experience for my faith. Um, for like five days, three days I was fasting, and I was asking the Lord. I specifically felt like he wanted me to pursue him on hearing his voice very clearly um, for prophetic purposes and for getting direction and things. And then I uh, woke up in the middle of the night out of a dream where someone was following me and like actually doing like voodoo rituals and things like that, following me into rooms, and I would see them out of the corner of my eye. And when I woke up from the dream, there was a, um, I had, I remembered the time on the clock, and there was a motion tracker on my phone I used for sleep. So later I knew that this was actually something that happened, and it wasn't sleep paralysis. Um, and I actually saw a physical like black cloud or mist or something, and there was like interaction. It was trying to pick me up out of my bed and things like that. Um, I commanded it to leave, but ever since then, I've always had trouble. I never really broke that barrier of being able to very clearly and surely hear the voice of the Lord. So what advice would you have for okay. someone who had an experience like that? That, that is a really good uh, example of a very common problem people have. You say sleep paralysis. Were you physically unable to move? In, no. in part of the experience? Part of the experience. Part of the experience. You got temporarily paralyzed. Mm -hmm. Were you able to talk? Um, I don't know if it was fear or some kind of yeah. biological able thing, to but talk I was not? not very able to talk. Okay, right. So that's really common. Um, I, I, you'd be surprised how many people have these experiences, especially when, then this is going to help you. It happened to me. It's happened to a lot of people that I know. When you start to pursue God... When you start to hear his voice and you want to operate in the supernatural and you want to start healing and you want to start doing these things, the first thing the enemy does is send one of these paralyzing spirits into your life to try to intimidate and frighten you. They usually either paralyze you physically, take away your voice, or both. If you speak the name of Jesus, even if you think the name of Jesus, this thing will leave. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was, have happened to me, I couldn't talk. Mm -hmm. And I was mumbling and I was trying to get Jesus out and I couldn't. My wife woke up. She's like, she knew it was a demon because <laughs> I was mumbling and rolling around. And so she started praying in tongues and commanding it to go, and it left. Um, I, this attack, for some reason, usually happens right when you start seeking God. So know this. The enemy knows what you're doing and doesn't like it. So keep doing it. Okay. So keep pursuing. You will hear the voice of God. All right. Cool. You guys have been an awesome audience. Thank you for being here. I'm going to pray a quick prayer, if I may. Um, I pray that God is going to open your spiritual eyes, your spiritual ears, and your other spiritual senses to receive his revelation and to grow in faith for the supernatural. I encourage you all to be patient in the process of learning to live a supernatural life. It is a process. Do not beat yourself up. Be patient. The Lord is going to work through you and mature you in the supernatural life. I'd also encourage you to be persistent. Don't quit. Don't get discouraged. 
Don't give up. Those are all the lies of the enemy. The Lord wants you to live a supernatural life. It takes patience. Just trust that God is going to do what he promised. Step out of your comfort zone and expect the miraculous to happen when you do. In Jesus' name, I pray.